Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast, and happy 2024. Today, of course we're going to talk about this today. Why wouldn't we talk about New Year's resolutions and their bullshit? (laughs) So I want to talk to you about New Year's resolutions, why I don't believe in them, how you can start your year off right, how you can continue to support yourself every single day rather than, ta-da, it's a fresh year, give you some advice on that as well as tips and tools, yes, in terms of sensory and emotional regulation always, as well as I want to discuss with you really, you know, I talk about the gas pedal, the brake, but really that throttle. And that is honestly what it's all about in terms of making a difference within your brain. So, Let's lay down the law in terms of what New Year's resolutions are, aka their bullshit. Why? Let me tell you why. Because when you, and you know I've told you this before, but when you decide that you're going to switch a million different things and change a million different things and and do all the different stuff correctly and right and perfectly and lose 50 pounds and be more organized in your house and never snap at your kids or I don't know, give your, your spouse flowers every day, whatever it is, right. That's on your list. Yeah. What ends up happening is you are saying, I'm going to bite off the whole enchilada. Like I'm going to do it up in one bite. Like I'm going to shove it in. Like I'm going to do it. Your brain is going to say, holy shit, I'm choking. Like Your brain, that is the worst, absolute worst (laughs) example of what I'm trying to explain. It just came out of my mouth. But the point is that when you do way too much, when you try to change too much in a short period of time, your brain is going to say, ding, 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 something is going on. And your brain will start defending or reacting as if you are not doing well. It'll start, like I said, defending. It'll go into fight or flight and it'll become more of a stressful state for your brain and body because you are shifting and changing so much at such a rapid pace. And that is the reason why New Year's resolutions are bullshit because they don't last because you're changing way too much in a short period of time. Now, I have a very small but mighty favorite book, and it's called One Small Step Can Change Your Life. It is about what's called the Kaizen Way. And basically, Toyota was built off of this method of business. Basically, it's saying, we're going to try this. 
if this doesn't work, we're going to make a tiny shift. Oh, okay. That worked, but this other thing, because of that working, didn't work. So now we're going to shift here. Now we're going to shift. The, oh, okay. Now we're going to shift there. And they did it very slowly. And that is why Toyota has such an awesome baller product where their cars last for decades and decades and they're solid as a rock. It's also why their business model has lasted them and they have done such a wonderful job with their product line is because they built a business based off of that. Now I have to tell you that I also build a business off of that. We, in the beginning, we would shift and change and jump and this and that. One of the biggest things I see people do is they continue shifting or changing and people can't keep up with what you're shifting and changing. You have to stay the course and you have to shift and change little things within your business over time. The hard part about that is it takes time. Whether you're trying to do a new year's resolution or building a business or changing the dynamic within your relationship or changing the dynamic within a friendship or your parenting style, or I don't know, shifting a diet from, you know, your child eating everything to maybe gluten-free and they have celiac disease, right? Like whatever it is, whatever the shift or change is, it does not happen overnight. I have been doing this work on myself for many, many years, and this work is never, ever done. I have been building my business for many years, and this business will never be done. There will always be things we can improve or change or shift. But if I woke up tomorrow and I got on my daily call with Nadia and I changed absolutely everything and I said I needed it done by tomorrow, she would be like, what are you talking about? Right? Our brains would go haywire. And that's honestly a lot of reason why, especially in relationships when we shift dynamics, we don't trust that because we're like, well, you've tried to do that in, in the past before and that didn't stick. Well, it takes time. And if you're changing everything about your dynamic or your relationship, it probably won't stick. But the word time is something that we don't fully understand, we don't fully appreciate, we don't fully value, and we don't fully respect. You know, you've heard that saying over and over and over and over, time heals all wounds. I got to tell you, it's the truth. My relationship with time has shifted in such a valuable way because December 31st, my mentality was the same as January 1, which is I'm waking up and continuing to become a stronger version of myself every single day. I'm going to continue on this path that I am on. I love the efforts that I am choosing to make within my life. Am I perfect? No. Am I continuing to do things that best serve me in a way to get me to X, Y, Z or wherever I want to be? Am I chugging along? Yes. Am I doing it in a manner that serves me where I can maintain and continue in that manner. Yes. You know that you've heard me say before, it's like the whole 30 diet. There's a reason that it's for 30 days. All diets. It's a reason that when they sell something to you or a workout program, it's, it's gimmicky because it's a sell. They want your money, right? It's you'll do this in 30 days and da, 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 or or for the, the month of January, join this gym for $12. Well, I guarantee you it's going to go up to $59 the next month, right? It's all a gimmick and it's all 
it's brain manipulation. It's, it's selling you something. It's sales, right? The most important thing is understanding the value of time. It takes time. It takes time to, to forgive someone. It takes time to shift, you know, your, your mentality or even if you move into a different role at your job, or let's say you've decided to stay home after you've had a third child, like there is all transitions and all it takes is time and energy and, and shifting and changing, but doing it very slowly. So throw the the resolutions out the window. I saw something from, I think it was Mel Robbins where she had a new year's resolution and then she crossed them all out. And it was her, her checklists were save $20,000, lose 20 pounds, make it to work on time, eat healthy foods, drink less alcohol, control my anxiety, live peacefully. And what she did in this reel was she went through and scratched certain things out, save 20 bucks, check, lose two pounds, not 20, check, make it to work, not on time, just make it to work, right? Eat instead of healthy food, just eat food, right? Drink less alcohol, right? She did drink alcohol. I don't love that one, but live peacefully. She high, she scratched out peacefully. Just live, right? There's always a way to make your goals tangible. Now, a dream versus a goal can be different. A dream is I want to get there one day, but a goal is right in front of you and taking that step towards that goal one tiny step at a time If you look back, you will eventually see the fruits of your labor come to fruition. There were so many days where I was like, I want this now. But I reminded myself, and I've said it many times, Rome wasn't built in a day. One of the first years that Nadia was working with me for Christmas, I bought her a sweatshirt that said, we're we're getting there. And I got a matching one and that was literally my phrase. And we still laugh about it. And I have a phrase and I say it all the time to her still like, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. We will always have that phrase. That phrase will never go away because we are always getting there. But if we accept that, and if we know that, then the road to getting wherever there is, you can enjoy it along the way, right? I'll give you another example. Let's say you ate a bunch of crap over winter break. Let's say you drank a lot over winter break. If you're like January one, I'm, I'm, I'm going, you know, gluten and dairy free and, and all veggies. And I am going vegan. (laughs) Like you're, you're doing it up, right? Or you're trying to do, you know, dry January, whatever it is. The best way to do it for long lasting change is to do it slowly over time and to say, okay, today, maybe I'm going to eat the sugar and I'm going to drink the alcohol, but maybe today I won't eat gluten and maybe tomorrow I won't eat gluten. And then maybe the next day I won't eat gluten. And then your body will be ready for the next shift and your body and brain. I'm not kidding you. Your body and brain will tell you when it's time, when it's time for the next shift, but you have to be willing and open to listening to it. You have to be willing to ride the wave of trusting within your brain and body and letting your brain and body be your guide and allowing that and trusting. You know, like I said, we used to, 
in the business, we used to go, go, go. And then eventually I was like, this is not a successful business model. We need to slow down. And so now what we do is we make a few very, very large goals for the year. And we work the entire year for maybe three or four goals. And that is it. We don't change anything else. We just focus on the goals and we make very small changes throughout the year to get there. And that's all we do. That's it. Now, I want to I wanna shift slightly from this conversation because I think it's th- this piece is also important to touch on based on the fact that it's January and based on the fact that we are in, ta-da, a new season or ta-da, you know, a fresh start, if you will. I spoke about this a little bit on my page, I don't know, a week or so ago, and I explained that there could be a few reasons why you feel what I like to call the January blues. And it could be for multiple reasons. Like I literally could do it up right now. It could be because you're bummed that it's, you know, January, whatever, and you've already spoiled your, you know, New Year's resolution or your new diet or like whatever it is. But it could also be for a few reasons from how you lived life in December. I'm going to give you person A and person B. So person A Let's say her name is Sally. Sally did it up over winter break. She ate all the things. She drank all the things. She went to so many parties. She had rocking outfits. I mean, she did it up. It like was the best perfect Christmas. Like Sally, Sally did it all. Like Sally is super Sally. Like she rocked it out. Okay. And now what Sally's dealing with in January is a need for a vacation from the vacation, right? It's one of those syndromes where We did so much that it's called winter break for a reason, but we did it up. We didn't do it down, right? And if you are feeling exhausted and burnt out and overwhelmed and stressed out and almost feeling more depressed in January than you did in December, it could potentially be because you're doing too much and you were doing too much during that time. And so we are already starting off a fresh year on a really hard note. And what does that require? I need you to slow your roll and we need to put some gas back in the tank. Now let's call person B, Jeff. I don't even know why we're calling Jeff, Jeff, but we are. These two names just came out of nowhere. So, hey Jeff, how you doing? All right, Jeffrey decided to really slow down during the break. Jeffrey decided to turn his email notifications off. His phone was on silent. We'll get back to your boss later because Jeff said he was on vacation and Jeffrey's boss said, all right, you go enjoy with your family. Now, Jeffrey decided to go to a cabin with his family, maybe an Airbnb, and really play board games and rest and look at the views. And there was some snow on the ground and really slowed down, like almost was to the point of we are in a cabin with not much to do, slow down, okay? And again, you don't have to go to a cabin to feel like this. Maybe you just said no to a lot of things. Maybe you didn't do it up. Maybe you really leaned into the idea of winter break and you hibernated, okay? Your demand for your brain was a lot less during the holiday season because you turned off your notifications, or maybe you didn't work as much, or you gave yourself a little bit of a break. And maybe just maybe your brain felt 
a bit of regulation. Maybe your brain felt what it felt like to feel that regulated state. And that felt wildly good. Maybe you even felt a little bit of a crash and you even felt more exhaustion from finally slowing down and doing less. That could potentially have happened as well. But then what happens is January 1 hits and you either decide to do a shit ton of bullshit resolutions, which we've already talked about. We're going to throw that out the window. Or you simply go back to work and need to manage the kids and going back to school and the schedules are ramping up because, I don't know, spring training, that's not even a thing with kids, but you know what I mean? Like all the sports and the this and the that are about to start and it's ramping back up, my friend. And Jeffrey's like, this is depressing. I don't love my job, but I know it keeps the lights on. I am stuck in this rut where I'm continuing to work, but I don't love it. But how am I going to get back up there where I was? Some individuals don't even recognize that that state is required to function and do this anxiety provoking job and to maintain a constant communication with their boss. And there is such immediacy required of us now today in this day and age that we live in that our parents definitely never experienced because technology wasn't even there. But in order to get our brain and body back to that state, okay, it requires you to step on the gas. And that can be exhausting because you have felt the good life of regulation for a split second. And probably, if I'm guessing, not long enough because you probably function at that other state for 99% of the year right? And so when you have felt that it's like deflating a balloon, it's like, oh the gosh, that felt so good. And it's like, well, fuck now. Okay. It's Monday. Got to get back to work. Got to, you know, get in the car, sit through this traffic, you know, like all the things got to get my coffee, got to get the, you know, egg McMuffin on the way or whatever it is, your, you know, your daily drive, but that can be exhausting and it can also produce a lot of anxiety, depression, and stress because our brains and bodies, and I've said this bazillions of times, but our brain and bodies were not meant to function at the rate that we are requiring them to function in this day and age. And pushing, stepping back on the gas can be a task. It can be exhausting. It can, it can be depressing. Like I, I don't really know what else to say. It, it's really an effort to get back up on the wagon and push yourself into that state. Now, I have good news for you. Your body will recalibrate back to that state. I wish it didn't have to. I wish you could live a really beautiful, balanced life and regulated life forever. But your body will get used to living in that state again of going and doing. What I'd prefer is for you to throttle, right? Brake, accelerator, throttle, right? What I'd like for you to do is to be able to have the capacity within your brake to throttle from that state where you need to give the presentation or you need to, you know, be sitting at a computer with please blue lens glasses on and, and getting out emails all day or doing the sales calls or whatever it is that you do, right? Or staying at home and, and having to do the laundry and the dinners and lunches and get back on track of all the tasks that required are required of you at home. Your brain will get back there. It will take a few weeks. 
And one year, I actually tracked this. Two years ago, I went on a two-week vacation. I didn't plan for a two-week vacation, but we decided to leave early because we were like, what the heck else do we have going on? So I went to one of my close friends in Denver, stayed with her for, shoot, I think even over a week. And then from there, we flew to St. Louis to see my sister and we were there for New Year's. And then we came home on the first, I think. And that year, I really slowed down and enjoyed the snow in Denver. And it was really beautiful. Yes, I did a little bit of work. I did a little bit of processing. But when I step away from work, oftentimes I get the most beautiful ideas and thoughts to move our the business forward because my brain is then in the thinking brain, the creative brain, right? Because I'm not as much in the logic brain. And I was dragging when I got back. I was like, gosh, Nadia, like I can't, oh, I just can't get it. I can't get it going. And I was like, we're going to track this. I was like, we're going to track this and see how many weeks. And I guarantee you by week four, we will be zooming and back on track. It was almost as if there was like brain fog because our brains and bodies had, we had allowed them to slow down and really rest and honestly like hibernate, like we had really slowed down. And then we were just chugging along and there was effort that needed to be put in. And then by week four, I'll be damn, I was like, Nadia, we're back. And I used to take these really long walks once a week with Nadia. She would be at her house, I'd be at mine, and we would call and have a meeting basically on the phone for about an hour or two. And we would just process things and talk through things and figure things out of like, what was our next move or, Oh no, but we, it was just logistics. Like we would just process. It was awesome. Like I miss those days. It was, it was an awesome, awesome time. And we were on one of those walks and I was like, Nadia, we're back. Like we did it. Like I'll be damn four weeks. There you go. Because you know my rule of threes, right? Like three hours, three days, three weeks, three months, three years. This took about, and I knew it would, took about three weeks. And by the fourth week, I was feeling good. And so was she. We, we were really back in the groove. We were feeling good. Our juices were flowing. Like our body had recalibrated to functioning at that rate. Now, there's another piece to this that I want to talk about and kind of like jump off of and, and kind of touch on, which I do feel that it's so important, especially in the new year as a, we're not making new year's resolutions, but B we're taking small steps at a time. The idea of, right. We, let's say you are Jeffrey, let's say you Jeffreyed it up over winter break and you are feeling the lull and you're like, okay, I'm going to trust this Brooke. Like I'll see you in week four and I'll get my groove back. Got it. Like, thank you. I can give myself grace, understand that this is a process. Let my brain do all the things. Now, there is a place where sometimes we, and I talk about, I want you to regulate, I want you to regulate. And oftentimes my conversation revolves around slowing down because truly that's what 99.8% of all of you need who are listening to this because you're doing too much. You're doing so much and you don't even recognize how much you're doing. You don't give yourself the credit for all that you're doing. You don't you don't think you're doing enough. You you rip yourself to shreds. You give yourself guilt every single day for what you didn't do. And the to-do list never ends. And 
it's just a vicious cycle of shame and guilt. And so most of the time we are talking about how to help your mental health in terms of regulating and feeling like a smidge, right? Like giving yourself a little smidge, like that's it. Like just a little mm, boop, there you go. Because most of us don't have that on a regular basis unless you have actively worked at this or done one of my programs or worked with maybe someone else who helps you support you in that way. Whatever the thing is, right? That's done it for you and supported you. So within the idea of the new year, I want to give you another little tidbit of advice. And what better way to do it than to give you an example of myself, okay? So you may listen to this next piece of my spiel for the day, for my podcast day, and be like, uh, are you telling me the opposite of what you've always shared with me? I'm actually not. I'm talking about the throttle. The throttle is where it's at. That's like, that's like your badass, like stuff right there, right? Like you've got the gas, you've got the brake, like, but the throttle is, is your, the throttle is your means to get there, right? To get to the gas or to get to the brake. Yeah. And like I said, best way to explain this is to give you the example of me. So year two of my grief was hell. I am so sorry for anyone who is in year two of grief. Maybe you're in grief of a loss of a family member or a loved one or, or loss of a job, or maybe you've transitioned and retired, or I don't know what, but year two sucks. Maybe you've moved states. Year two might suck. I'm sorry, but it might. But year two was hell. And when, let me set the stage for you. When Jonathan passed, I was at the peak of like my fitness journey, if you will. I was teaching dance fitness. I was doing solid core every day. I had the best stamina I've ever had in my life. I felt really strong. And I remember constantly being like, Brooke, you are doing such a great job at keeping your body healthy and strong because you have boys and sometimes it requires you to pick their asses up and bring them upstairs for a little bit of a break. Yes, while I stay in the room with them. At the time, my children were young and I also was on my own before Jonathan passed and I needed to be able to get shit done, especially during COVID. Like I needed to learn how to put a chain back on a bike. That was hell. Yeah, now I can do it in two minutes. And you know how I learned? I learned from like a six-year-old on YouTube and I was like, fuck, if she can do it, I got to figure this shit out. I, we built a playscape in the backyard together. I dug a tree without any help for my children, which I was totally a lot harder than I thought it would be. Like I did manual labor stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff. And I... Once Jonathan passed, my dance fitness classes were in the evening and Lola would stay with them at night. And I knew the boys were really sad and wanted me home. So I stepped away from teaching dance fitness, which I loved. And little by little, I did less and less fitness, which is totally fine. But year two, what I recognized was that I was in such physical and emotional pain from moving through grief that my body did not want any more pain. So when I would go work out, it was as if I was moving through the motions, but I can remember actively thinking in the class, this hurts and I'm in enough pain. This hurts and I don't need or want any more physical pain. I'm in enough pain. I'm in enough. It literally, the emotional pain was that physical. 
but I still got my ass up and I went to work out every single day. And one of the things that drove me was the fear that if I stopped, I wouldn't go back. And I knew that for my mental health, I needed to move my body. I also used to walk and walk and walk and walk. It was a beautiful way for me to process things and did a lot of healing from walking. If you don't know where to start with fitness, just start walking. It's like literally all you need. But the point of telling you this is that I made a conscious effort to continue going because I didn't want to get into a place with my emotional health that could take me maybe even into a depressive state. And I knew that physical movement would support me in maintaining a certain level of regulation. Now I lost, which is, it's totally fine. I'm just sharing the story. Like it, it doesn't matter to me. It is what it is. I lost muscle mass. I, I, like I, I've lost weight because of, you know, my Hashimoto's and all those things. But like, I still got my butt there because I knew that that would benefit me in the long run, but I took it easy on myself and I didn't inflict any more pain. And what I'm saying is I didn't push through the pain and be like, come on, you wimp, keep going. I showed up for myself, but I did it in a way that I knew was all I could do. And that was enough for me. And now this year, my third year of grief, I have stepped back into, I can feel it. I'm pushing myself more. I'm, I'm okay with a little bit of burning sensation in my muscles. And I'm going to hot yoga sculpt classes where I'm, you know, lifting weights in a hot room and I'm getting my stamina back. Now, am I pushing myself every single day to build muscle back and, and push? I'm not doing that. I'm listening into my body and I'm deciding what my body can handle for the day and what I actually feel like doing fitness wise. But the reason I'm sharing this example with you is to help you understand that you know, again, I'm going to go back to what I said. Like I talk a lot about, I want you to help learn how to regulate, how to regulate, how to regulate. And a lot of times it requires you to slow down. But for the ones who are listening to this, who are finding themselves in a depressive state, right? That might require you to step on the gas a little bit. I'm not asking you to do a marathon, but it might require you to push yourself slightly help your brain take one small step at a time, right? And it could just be walking, 10, 20 minutes of walking around the block. But in order to move forward along your journey and, and use that throttle, right? Sometimes it requires us to, us to actually make some little small changes of effort, okay? So if you are finding that you are in a state of, sluggish, not doing much and feeling like you're constantly in bed or you are feeling like you're depressed and sad and lost and alone. There's a difference between over-functioning and burnt out, lost and alone and exhausted versus depressive. Okay. So I want you to really lean in to ask yourself how you're feeling. Okay. And, and try to figure out which one it is for you. One of them may require you to slow down and really reboot and put some gas back in your tank. Another one may require you to take small, tiny changes in order to support your nervous system and get a little bit of that momentum back. A lot of times I even see avoiders, if you're a strong, strong avoider, and I've worked with many avoiders before who they're like, that's not my problem slowing down. They're like, I, I can't 
ramp up. I need a bouncy ball at work in order to keep me going and keep me vibing because life requires more of me, but I'm an avoider. I'm cool with chilling and relaxing and all the things, right? As well as if you find that you're in a slightly depressive state, I would love for you to make a commitment to yourself of showing up in very, 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 very small ways. Because I promise you, it will pay off in the long run. And if you are someone who feels, there were days where I felt like I had a pack of bricks, a backpack of bricks on my shoulder. I wouldn't ignore it. I wouldn't push through it. And I wouldn't lean into it. I would find a balance between. I would go do some movement for myself, even if I just... I literally remember being on that machine sometimes being like, it's okay to just take it easy today and and move through the motions. You're here. Today is today. We'll see what tomorrow brings, but be proud of yourself just simply for showing up. And I trusted the process. And I'm not kidding you. That that probably was for about six to nine months. Now, was it consecutively like that? No, I'd felt days where I'm like, all right, I got a little more kickback. And I'd hold on to that day. I'd hold on to a day like that where I was like, wow, I got my spark back a little bit today. Okay. If I got it back today, but it's gone tomorrow, it's going to keep coming. And I'm going to hold on to that. And I'm going to see it. And I don't know when I'm going to see it, but I'm going to trust this process. And I want you to do the same with whatever you're going through in your life, whether it's you having some January blues and trusting the process of three to four weeks, whether it's you're feeling some depression just in life, or you've gone through a loss, or you're having a hard season of your life, whatever it is, I want you to trust that process. And the most important thing I want you to take away from this today is time, 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 trust time, love time, allow time, don't force time, soak it in as well as taking one small step to change your life in whatever direction that means for you, whether it is slowing down, whether it is slightly ramping up, utilizing that throttle to make the long-lasting impact within your life. And with that, happy 2024, Sally and Jeffrey, and everyone in between. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.